2: Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here by Drew Silva. It's been a while, man. How's it going?
1: Yeah, about a month since our last podcast, uh, just before the wild card games. Um, had a really good postseason, I think. Very entertaining. TV ratings were really good, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, obviously, having the, the four biggest cities in the country uh, represented in the, in the championship series uh, helped things in that regard. But I think just in general, really good baseball from some really stacked teams. Um, you know, the, the regular season was kind of boring towards the end. There weren't a lot of tight races because it was pretty top heavy. But, I mean, that made for a situation where we have a lot of really good teams in the postseason. You saw that with the Yankees making the run to the ALCS and then obviously the World Series. Um, the Dodgers and Astros, I think, were the, the two best teams in baseball this year. And, they played like it over 7 games um just really good baseball to watch and and now we look ahead to to the hot stove season
2: i think when we last talked i might have i think i my world series was indians nationals if i'm remembering correctly um and i couldn't have been more wrong but uh, mm-hmm. i mean the, the baseball that we saw in october uh was still quality pretty much all the way i mean it was kind of weird at the same time uh, just the amount of home runs—I don't think we've ever seen that in the postseason before. You know, we heard uh, pitchers saying the balls, the baseballs were different; they were like slicker and kind of harder to grip. Um, maybe that's why we saw so many home runs, but that didn't hurt Justin Verlander that much. He was a machine uh, in the postseason. Um, so, but it was still really interesting. Uh, the World Series was great. That Game Five was amazing. But also, mm-hmm. if it's kind of one of those things that. If we saw it on a regular basis, I think baseball would be really exhausting uh, to watch on a nightly basis. But, uh, you know, something every once in a while to see is is pretty special. Um, I think that Game 7 wasn't all that interesting. I kept waiting for the Dodgers to make their comeback, and it it never really happened. So we didn't get the Game 7 I think we were all kind of hoping for. But all in all, uh, you know, an amazing series and um, kind of sets the stage Uh, now gets us started for the hot stove and this is our hot stove preview episode Um, we're going to get into it there here in a second but before we do that quick reminder to subscribe to this show if you don't already apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify google play etc if you listen on apple Podcasts, please consider rating and reviewing the show as well Uh, just a quick programming note we we took some time off as drew said After the regular season, we're going to take another break here, but we're going to check in during the winter meetings in December, Uh, and then we're going to get things really started uh, after the new year, after we do our Rural World Baseball Draft Guide. That will be available online and in print in early February, so we're going to be working on that pretty soon here. So uh, it's going to get pretty interesting, so make sure to subscribe to the show. We're going to have a bunch of new episodes coming up uh, after the start of the new year. So... Uh, in the meantime, we'll dig into the hot stove here and we're going to start going over some of the top free agents, maybe some of the best potential fits. Uh, I'm actually going to read from Matthew Pouliot's top 111 free agents. Uh, he just came out with this column on Thursday, right after the World Series came to a close. You can go to RotoWorld.com to check out the full list, uh, but I figure we'll dig into this list a little bit. Uh, his number one, and this is sort of interesting after the World Series, uh, Hugh Darvish. Mm-hmm. Um, bad World Series, no, way, no two ways about that But I don't think that's really going to cost him here Still elite ace upside You look at that strikeout uh, potential that he has I mean, he can be a huge difference maker uh, During the regular season for really any contender um, I mean, you think about teams that could be in on him I mean, it's probably going to be all the big budget teams um, Who knows if it'll be the Dodgers But, you know, I think the regular cast of characters uh, Will be after him, what do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think there's even like non-contenders that are just trying to make that next push. Like, I think of like the Phillies. Mm. Um, you know, maybe even the Twins. I, I guess they made the wild card game this year, but teams that need pitching and, and want to make a big splash. And there's just so much money around the game. I don't think his World Series performance is is going to hurt him too bad at the bank. Um, what he recorded a, a total of ten outs between two starts. It was really a disaster. But yeah. I, I still think we're looking at probably a six-year deal in the 150 million dollar range. I, I don't right. think he'll get seven, right. um, may, maybe like an option tacked on. But yeah, I mean, like you said, he's proven he's proven to be an ace. Um, this year, you can understand how he would have some fatigue at the end of the year. Um, but overall, I mean, had a really good run with the Rangers, uh, pitched well down the stretch in the regular season with the Dodgers. Um, I think he's going to, what Jordan Zimmerman set the record for a player uh, coming off Tommy John surgery or, or the, a player, a pitcher that had already had Tommy John surgery with his five year, $110 million deal a couple of years ago. Um, I, I think Darvish definitely surpasses that.
2: Yeah, the Twins are an interesting team you mentioned. They're a team that obviously needs pitching. I think they're going to be priced out for Darvish. You're probably right. uh, but i think they're a team to watch for maybe some of the second tier starters which we'll get into a little bit later but i think the twins are a team that has all these offensive piece pieces in place they have a lot of young position players but they just really need to add in that kind of impact starting pitcher uh, to kind of complement the pieces they already have so i think they're definitely a team to watch um number two on matthew's list eric osmer um Guy coming off a career best season. Kind of a season we've been waiting for, for I feel like several years that he's finally going to put it all together. But hit 318, 25 homers, eight eighty two OPS. Really great timing to have this career year yep. right before hitting free agency. Uh, just turned 28 years old in October, so he's pretty young too. Uh, gotta think he's going to get, obviously, over $100 million, uh Maybe something close to maybe that $130, 150000000 million range. And I think he's a guy who... We could see. I think we've already seen rumors of potentially the Red Sox. You could see mm-hmm. the Yankees getting involved there. Maybe the Royals will try to make a push to retain him as well. Uh, I think he's going to make some big-time money.
1: Yeah, I mean, such a weird career with Hosmer. Mm-hmm. Came up as a big-time prospect. Um, kind of known for his defense for a while. And then had kind of a breakout year offensively. And then went back to being kind of a defense-first guy. And then he has this year, this past year, where... Um, he hit the ball really well, really well-rounded stat line, What a 385 on base percentage, um, really the player that you thought he was going to be for the last four years. Um, but the defense, you know, it, I guess metrics-wise is just not really that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think about the kind of first basemen that don't play good defense and what kind of offers they've been able to find on the free agent market, just ha- has, hasn't really been there. Then again, he is... 28 years old or he'll he'll be 28 years old in in April of next year. Um, So I think you can expect that maybe he'll continue to advance or or stay at this level, this 2017 level as a hitter. Um, I I do think he'll get, you know, upwards of a hundred million dollars, probably a little bit over that on like a six year contract um, being that he's pretty young and yeah, the Red Sox, I think are, are a good possibility. Um, The Mariners, the Rockies, are mm-hmm. teams that, that could use first base help. and um, I think the Royals, though, m- might actually, of the three guys, of the three big free agents that they're losing, being Hosmer and Mike Moustakis and Lorenzo Cain, I wonder if they're going to look at Hosmer as like face of the franchise type yeah. guy that we, we need to spend a lot of money on. I don't think that would really be a smart move for that team because there are so many other holes on that roster. Yeah,
2: um, I think they're going to have a brutal couple of years at least. Yeah,
1: I think they need to do like an Astros-style rebuild. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, we've seen them make odd moves before, and I, I just wonder if they'll do it. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe the Cardinals, um, if, if they if they trade Matt Carpenter, um, right. there's been some chatter about that. Um, but, you know, other first basemen on the market, like Carlos Santana, uh, what, Logan Morrison, Yonder Alonso. Like, I wonder, you know, guys that hit the ball really well in 2017, I I wonder how, I don't know. I, I think a team's going to make a play for this that's, that's going to kind of surprise us. It'll be a lot of money, and it'll be a team that doesn't really look into analytics as much as some other teams. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, It's interesting because he's not a big power guy. And until Mm. this year, his batting average has kind of fluctuated. And, you know, you can't count on that to kind of uh, duplicate year after year. Batting average can be kind of one of those things that bounces around a little bit. Um, And, you know, obviously power is not hard to find right now. So, and as you mentioned, the defense uh, metrics wise hasn't been particularly strong either. So, uh, he's going to be a really interesting player for sure. But, I mean, the fact that he's 28 years old, you know he's going to get at least five, six years probably.
1: Um, I mean, Puliat notes in his column that John Jaso, Adam Lind, and Seth Smith, all fellow free agents this year, have a higher career OPS plus than Hosmer. Yeah. yeah he's a, he's uh, a very weird free agent. Yeah. Definitely definitely good timing for this career year. I, I just, I wonder, I don't know. He's He's a confusing dude.
2: Uh, Another good-timing free agent, J.D. Martinez. Uh, New career best this year, 45 homers, uh, 106.6 OPS, was an absolute monster after being traded to Arizona, and just recently hooked up with Scott Boris as his new agent. Uh, So that's going to be interesting to watch. I think the Diamondbacks obviously stand out here as a team. They've got to pay what it takes uh, to keep him. Uh, But I could see... I could see a team like the Giants who really need a power bat as well, and I think they're a team that could maybe turn things around quickly, uh, making a play there as well. They've needed a power bat for quite some time. Uh, so potential NL, NL West battle there, but I've heard Red Sox fans want J.D. Martinez too, so who knows?
1: Yeah, I think Red Sox make a lot of sense. I, Diamondbacks make the most sense, but you know Boris is going to drive up that price, and mm-hmm. if if it gets like near $150 million, I don't know if Arizona is going to... Going to balk at that or not? Um, right. Yeah, you know, I mean he doesn't play good defense. You wonder sure. if he he fits better in the American. Well, I know that he fits better in the American League. Um, yeah. But yeah, forty five homers in just one hundred nineteen games this year. Um, the highest slugging percentage since Barry Bonds in oh four. Um, a, a definite legitimate power hitter who's only gotten better with age. But I don't. Do you want to commit six years, one hundred fifty million to a thirty year old? corner outfielder who's not a very good corner outfielder.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm not really. <laughs> no, I know. Uh but the but the JD Martinez we saw down the stretch with the Diamondbacks, I mean that's I might think twice about that, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah.
1: You could talk yourself into it.
2: Yeah. Um so uh four and five on uh Pugliet's list was Justin Upton and Masahiro Tanaka. They each stayed with their respective teams. Upton got another year tacked on to his contract. He could have opted out and tested free agency. Tanaka could have done the same thing and opted out. He just decided against opting out, which I guess given the UCL and his elbow, there's some health questions there. I think, you know, he could have opted out, and I think it would have been the reasonable decision, but uh, he decided not to take a risk. So those were four and five on Pouliot's list. Number six, Jake Arrieta. A um, guy who had a sort of an uneven season but a really good second half, and we know he's going to get paid, and I think you're, you're going to see the high payroll teams kind of in the mix here. You know, Dodgers, Cubs, uh, maybe the Cardinals. Uh, I, the Rangers are expected to be aggressive for starting pitching, so I think he's going to probably end up getting a hundred million.
1: I think he will too. Um, but yeah, I mean, his velocity dropped this year. His FIP was above four. Um, not necessarily the the number one, number two starter that that he was maybe coming into the year, or at least coming into the 2016 season. You're getting more of a number three starter who's 32 years old. I think he'd be a great get for a lot of teams if it's like a three-year deal, and if it is that, I think teams would be willing to pay him upwards of you know 25 million, maybe even 30 million, um, on a three-year contract. But I, I don't know if he's going to get you know a four or five year, year deal like he probably wants. Right.
2: Uh, number seven, Mike Mustakis. We kind of mentioned him a little bit already, coming off a franchise record 38 homers. Uh, he's 29 years old. Uh, there's a lot of teams who could add a third baseman this offseason. I think the Giants really stand out to me the most. Maybe the Angels as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Royals could maybe be in the mix if they don't end up uh, bringing back Hosmer. But as we said, who knows if that's really the right course of action, given where that franchise is headed. But I think he'll have plenty of suitors. Maybe even the Yankees.
1: Yeah, Braves maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Always known for having a good glove. Uh, Moose's defense kind of fell off this year. I I wonder if that probably dates back to the knee injury, the Mm ACL tear that he suffered in the middle to beginning of the 2016 season. Um, Not an OBP guy, but like you said, the the franchise record 38 home runs this year in a a ballpark that's not very friendly to power hitters. Um, I could see a lot of teams making a play here what kind of contract do you think he gets
2: uh you know maybe maybe like five (laughs) five five-year deal like 85 90 that that was exact yeah that's
1: my exact guess
2: yeah that sounds about right given his age um number eight someone you're really familiar with lance lynn uh kind of a sneaky guy uh under the radar kind of guy three three eight era for his career um and he's a guy again I think the Rangers who really want to add a starting pitcher I expect them to be in the mix um uh, Red Sox I mean any number of teams Mariners if somebody if, you know if the Dodgers finish second for one of these other guys they might be in the mix for Lynn uh he's gonna do well
1: yeah I mean there, there are gonna be so many teams uh you looking for top starters this year and there just really aren't that many yeah we talked about Darvish and Arietta, and then there's Lynn, and then probably Alex Cobb, who we're going to talk about on, on that next tier. Yeah, um, I think he might. I don't know. I think he might get over seventy-five million, maybe mm. even. The, he's reported to be asking for over a hundred million, over a five-year deal. And if you look at the career numbers, like you said, a, what a three-point-three-eight career ERA. Yeah, um, a good winning percentage if you care about that. But you know, then again, his his peripherals were pretty bad this year. They That's were. True. They point to him being a below-average pitcher. Um, if you, if you consider ballpark factors and, and fielding independent pitching and Sierra ranked mm-hmm. him really poorly, maybe some of that was, you know, coming off Tommy john's surgery, he missed all of 2016, but yeah, I think he's going to do really well because there are just so many teams that, that want a top tier starting pitcher. And if, and if they miss out on Darvish or Arrieta, you know, where do you go? You go to Lance Lynn. Yep. um Rangers I think makes sense Orioles of course need pitching Yeah Tw- Twins pretty good fit uh, yeah. Mariners Phillies Cubs I think Cubs actually stand out to me as a, as a real possibility you know they need starting pitching especially if they're not going to re-sign Arietta and it doesn't sound like they're going to because those those two sides have been trying to work out a contract extension going Come, back the couple last of years, two years, it feels like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, number 9 who I think might be the riskiest free agent Lorenzo Cain uh, mm-hmm. like Hosmer, and Mustakis, he also had a really strong walk year, but he's going to be 32 years old in April and he comes with an injury history really for several years. Um, I, I'm sure he's going to do well. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get a good contract here. Um, uh, but I think that's a risky one. Um, I could see, you know, I'm trying to think of a fit here, center field, um, you know, Rangers, maybe. Um, yeah,
1: Giants. Yeah, because um,
2: Carlos, May- Carlos Gomez is a free agent with the Rangers, so maybe he yeah. could slot in there. Uh, the Dodgers kind of feel unsettled in center field. Jock Peterson had a good World Series, but, I mean, they demoted him this past year. Uh, maybe Chris Taylor is their full-time center field I have no idea if he can be a full-time center fielder, so uh, you never know. You could, you could see him going there
1: as well. I th- yeah, he's a, and I keep saying all these guys are interesting, but I mean, he, he was an elite center fielder defensively for, you know, three years from 2013 to 2015 and just wasn't really that guy last year. And I like Pouliot suggested uh, Denard Span as, as like a, a career path for Kane. Like, mm-hmm. look, how, look how he went from being a quality center fielder to really a below average asset. Right. But I do think he's going to do well because, you know, he has the kind of talent that you'd you can dream on and you know he put up a 300 batting average you know 363 on base percentage this past year um i I think he's gonna do pretty well maybe like a four-year deal because he's a bit older around 75 million something like that
2: right uh so we'll go through some of these these next ones a little faster uh carlos santana number 10 saw a dip in power this year but always has that strong approach has averaged 20 plus homers over the past seven seasons the power doesn't really stand out in this, you know, the current state of baseball. So he's kind of limited defensively, I think, fair to say. Uh, probably more of an AL guy, but I think there'll be plenty of AL teams in the mix, including the Indians, obviously. Uh, maybe the Red Sox if they want to uh, add some power to line up uh, the Royals, maybe. If they lose some pieces, I could maybe potentially see that if they lose Eric Cosmer. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who's pretty steady, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's going to wind up back with the Indians on a fairly team friendly contract cuz I like like some of the other first base DH types, I just don't think the market's out there for those guys. Yeah. Um he's going to start out looking for 60 million and wind up signing for 40 million.
2: Uh so number 11 Wade Davis, um you know, there's there's really not many great closers out there. Uh, this winter yep. uh, Wade Davis had a rough postseason uh, so that's kind of interesting I don't think it's going to really cost them that much especially because there just aren't many closers out there uh, maybe maybe the Cubs will bring him back but you know Cardinals were probably going to be out there for a closer maybe you know the Angels the Rangers so things to watch there Alex Cobb number 12 um, I think Cubs for Alex Cobb I think it just makes all the sense of the world Jim Hickey Heads over to the Cubs as their pitching coach. Joe Madden there as well. Um, you know, as you said, Jake Arrieta not really expected to return. Cobb sounds like an obvious fit there. Had a strong first full season back from Tommy John surgery, at least on the surface. Three six six ERA in twenty nine starts. The strikeouts were down quite a bit, uh, so maybe he's not that top of the rotation guy, but solid mid rotation guy and kind of a proven commodity as well.
1: Yeah, the strikeout rate improved a bit in the second half as as his velocity got better. Um, maybe still, you know, building arm strength from that Tommy John surgery in in 2015. Yeah. Um, I think he's a he's a pretty solid second tier starting pitcher on this market. I, I don't know what to, to guess that he'll get. Um, I don't know a, a changeup guy who who's starting to get his velocity back. The kind of guy you want to buy low on. Yeah. Um. Even even though it's impossible to buy low in this in this type of free agent market. Honestly, well, I, I don't for, know because it's, I don't know.
2: If you look at next year's class, it's poised to be the biggest in history. Basically, sure. you know, like Harper, Machado, maybe Kershaw. Uh, he has the opt out. Josh Donaldson. You know, list goes on and on and on. So maybe we'll see like a little bit of restraint with some of these teams thinking about next year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh okay, so number 13, Zach Kozart. Uh I don't I don't know how many teams need a shortstop, so who knows how that'll go. He's a guy who maybe he'll get the qualifying offer and take it. You never know. Um Jonathan Lucroy, number 14, Todd Frazier, number 15, Jay Bruce 16, Addison Reed 17, which I think is interesting. He's actually had of Greg Holland on Pouliot's list, and I actually think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Addison Reed, a guy who kind of has been a setup man over the past two years, but could definitely close anywhere.
1: Um, yeah. and Holland fate faded pretty badly in the second did. half. I'd be very wary of that. Yep. Um, the velocity wasn't really there, even though of course he had a huge first half, the velocity never really returned. Yep. Um, and his slider wasn't as good as it's been, I I think he he kind of had some fluky fluky success in the first half.
2: I agree. Um, Did end up leading the NL with 41 saves, but you can kind of throw that out. Uh, Tyler Chatwood was kind of an interesting one for Pouliot as well. He had him ranked 18th. I think that's going to surprise some people, but if you look at Chatwood's career numbers, 331 ERA on the road compared to a 525 ERA at home. Obviously, he spent his career in course field, so... Uh, you have to take that into account. Not a big strikeout guy, but does a really good job keeping the ball on the ground. He's a guy who could surprise as maybe you know, breakout mid rotation type guy. I think it's an interesting case to follow. Probably a really good value sign wherever he ends up.
1: Yeah, younger than your typical free agent at age True. 28. Yep. With you know good career numbers. Uh, if you if you factor in that he he's been pitching at Coors Field. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, he had Eduardo Nunez 19th. Coming off the knee injury, I think that might hurt him a little bit uh, price-wise, uh, but had an awesome year. Uh, he's not particularly good at any position, but he has experience in multiple positions, outfield, infield, uh, brings an element of speed, uh, was really good with the Red Sox, at least when he was healthy. Uh, I think he's going to end up with a starting job somewhere, but maybe a guy who's better off being kind of a super utility guy. Uh, and we he had Greg Holland 20th, so that's kind of our top 20. Uh, again look at the full list on on Um we should probably get into just quickly get into the qualifying free agents it's changed for this year I mean the basic premise remains the same uh, if you offer the qualifying offer which I think is 17 point4 million this year mm-hmm. um, if you offer the qualifying offer and it's not accepted they sign elsewhere you will get a pick uh, it just depends on a variety of factors like if the free agent signs a contract north of 50 million uh you may get a pick after the first round um if it's if it's a a deal less than 50 million then it's after the second round and potentially lower depending on factors like revenue sharing and the luxury tax it's just a little more complicated now but the same. It, the, the idea remains the same, basically. If, if you offer a qualifying offer, you lose the free agent, you will get a pick at some point in the draft.
1: Right. I would just recommend our listeners go, go go to MLB.com, the rules section, and look up all the different stipulations for whether a team is over the luxury tax threshold, what that means for them. If they get revenue sharing, what that means for them. Because there's just a lot of different factors um, that go into this. I, in general, I think it's... It's going to be a more fair system for the players. I mean, we've seen players in the past get kind of screwed over by getting that qualifying offer, rejecting it, and then having it hurt um, their standing in free agency. This way, at least they can find different fits with different teams who have to give up different things. Right. It's going to make our job a little harder when <laughs> trying players <to> explain it. <laughs> yeah, when players <laughs> sign to know exactly what's what's going back and forth. Um, sure. Yeah, that's you true. Know, but yeah. W- We'll figure it
2: out. You can only be offered the qualifying offer once in your career at this point. We've seen that happen, you know, free agents in kind of back-to-back years, I think I can recall. Um, I
1: I like in this new system um, that players get 10 days between um, the teams making them the qualifying offer and then deciding to accept it. So they have 10 days to kind of get knowledge of what their market's going to be. I mean, they're allowed to talk to other teams during those 10 days. The deadline for that qualifying offer to be offered from teams is... Uh, Monday, uh, which is tomorrow, we're recording this on Sunday night at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Right. So t- ten days from then, we'll, we'll, you know, have everyone's answer.
2: So we can pretty much count on the trio from the Royals: Hosmer, Moustak is Kane. We'll definitely get the qualifying offer. Alex Cobb from the Rays, Lance Lynn with the Cardinals. Uh, I think Carlos Santana with the Indians. Um, I think maybe Zach Cozart with the Reds. We don't know for sure yet. Uh, but those are kind of the ones that stick out to me kind of off the top of my head uh, right yeah,
1: now. So. I, yeah, I would say those are the only real sure bets. Like if a player has been traded in the past season, they can't be offered one, so that's why a right. guy like...
2: That hasn't changed, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we should probably... we The player we didn't mention with the top free agents is uh, Shohei Otani, uh, the Japanese hitting and pitching sensation. Uh, we're kind of not sure, if he's going yeah. to be available for teams, that's a really interesting variable because free agency is starting like tomorrow, basically at five p.m. a Monday, basically. Uh, but we don't know if he's going to be available yet. Um, do you want to delve into a little bit of why that is?
1: Yeah, I could try to try to work through this. Um, so the former posting system um, expired last week, and there has been no. New system agreed upon largely because Otani's team in Japan, the Nippon Ham Fighters, um, did not agree to the new system that MLB wanted to implement and that the MLBPA wanted to implement. Which from you would go from the posting system involving MLB teams giving up to twenty million dollars in a posting fee to the Japanese team to get one of their players um, to the Japanese team getting a percentage of the contract that that player signs with an MLB, MLB team. And that would be between 15 and 20%. And with a guy like Otani, who is 23 years old, um, and so subject to international spending limits, he's only going to sign a contract worth, you know, between $300,000 and I think three point four, 3.5 million. It's crazy. Um, so the Napoleon Ham fighters said, no, we're not going to agree to that. The only way we're going to let him go this off season essentially is if you grandfather in the old system for him, hmm. which sets up a sticky situation for everybody involved really. Yeah. Um, so we just, I don't really know. I mean, there's no deadline for them to agree on a new p- posting system. Um, Otani has not hired an MLB certified agent. Um, there was talk that Scott Boris would be that guy, but I mean, I feel like th- we don't get any information out of Otani's camp. Yeah. It's um, been very quiet. It's. I mean, I think what we can gather from the situation, going back, you know, the past few months with reports that have come out, is that he really wants to come to Major League Baseball and doesn't really care about the money. Um, is 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 confident in his ability to play out a normal um, international contract and then make that money eventually. I just so feel like
2: he, obviously he's kind of gonna get screwed here if he was to to sign this offseason with an MLB team. I almost wonder if there's like might be a handshake agreement sort of like oh we'll announce an extension you know at some point like could MLB put the hammer down on that like even if they wait until the middle of like next season and then it's like a suddenly like a six-year 120 million dollar you know what I mean like I don't know what restricts them from doing that
1: I don't know I've I've wondered that about a lot of international free agents I would guess that major league baseball would would not look kindly upon that
2: Yeah. But but then again,
1: Otani's a rare, a rare talent. MLB wants him in their league. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't know. I just, at this point, I really don't know. And it sounds like even the best reporters in baseball really have no idea what what's going to happen here.
2: Yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the international man of mystery uh, (laughs) going into free, going into the hot stove. But I think, you know, if he's out there, we can expect the sort of the usual suspects to be involved. Obviously, he can sign with, Pretty much any team except for teams that have exceeded that international cap. I don't know those teams off the top of my head right now. I should have looked into that. But, I mean, Yankees, I don't know if the Dodgers did exceed. Red Sox, Cardinals.
1: um, I mean, I don't have the list in front of me either. But there's about six or seven of them. Right. Again, um, we have no idea. Yeah,
2: we don't. We <laughs> should just basically say we have no idea and move on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, yeah,
1: hope, I, I hope I hope we explain that kind <laughs> of. <more. laughs>
2: but obviously, he's a huge storyline to watch. So we'll sure. keep an eye out for that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next thing we wanted to get into is trade candidates, and I think the big blinking shining light. Uh, and I'm not talking about the home run sculpture, but I am talking about the Marlins uh, and the new ownership there: uh, Bruce Sherman, Derek Jeter. They want to cut payroll to around $90 million, so that requires a significant cut. And the biggest name on their payroll, of course, Giancarlo Stanton, has $295 million remaining on his contract through 2027. And if there's any offseason to deal him, this is absolutely the one. Of course, Stanton led the majors with, with 59 homers this season, finally stayed healthy for a full season. If there's any time to capitalize, uh, it's right now. Uh, of course, the Marlins have tons of other interesting pieces, too. Uh, but it seems like right now they're they would prefer to trade Stanton, uh, D Gordon, Martin Prado, guys like that.
1: Yeah, I mean they're the team to watch this winter certainly as far as trades go. I guess they say they they'd rather not part with JT Real Muto and Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna and Justin Bohr. I don't know, maybe Dan Straley's available.
2: Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah.
1: But yeah, I, th- I mean I think Stanton's g- gonna be gone. Yep. Um And so, you know, that's that's a huge blockbuster, and you can think of just about every team in baseball that would make room for him. Mm-hmm. I wonder about the contract. Um, if the Marlins will eat some of it to get better prospects, I think that's probably the best thing for them to do. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what ownership's plans are. If if they really want to cut payroll that bad, uh, maybe they just f- find. You know the, the team that's most willing to eat the money and then give up. You know some some pretty good prospects. They're going to get really good prospects either way. Um, we've heard the Giants obviously makes a lot of sense. The Red Sox makes a lot of sense. Um, the Cardinals make a lot of sense. They have young pitching to deal and obviously need a middle order bat. Huh. But I think I think just about any team in baseball you can make the case and, and those teams will find a way to make room to, you know, get a guy that finally stayed healthy in 2017 and. Put up crazy numbers: fifty-nine homers, one hundred and thirty-two RBIs, and I don't know—is that contract really that awful? In this next offseason, it might look reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what I'm thinking. Like, like yeah. I mean, there's there's yeah, two hundred and eighty million left on it um, for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see what Bryce Harper and Manny Machado sign.
2: Right. I keep hearing the Giants. Uh, yeah. You know, with different reporters, but I. I I don't think the Giants have the strongest farm system. No, um, they don't. So I'm kind of wondering how that matches up. But I mean, if they if the Marlins want teams to kind of take some of the money on, so maybe that could be a factor in it. But I think there's going to be so much competition that they won't really have to worry about it. Um,
1: yeah, I think they're going to do well enough uh, in terms of prospects. That yeah, I would kind of rule the Giants out because they just don't don't have those top tier guys. Um, right. As far as like D Gordon, uh, I don't know. Is he really that attractive of a player? I, I would say that Martin Prado is not a very attractive player. No. He's just been too, too injured. Right, Gordon. You know, I mean, he's he's fast, uh, but as teams get smarter, they realize there's only so much value to that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, a good defender. Uh, you know, led the league with sixty stolen bases this year, but he also. Yeah, I actually had a pretty good year in, in terms of OBP, a three forty one out, a three forty one mark there, and a three oh eight batting average. But bad. he's you know his career on base percentage is in three twenties, um, and you know he's owed what thirty five million dollars over the next three years. With That's a not 14. terrible,
2: but I, I don't know how many teams need a second baseman. That's the other right. factor. So, yeah. um, so let's see. Moving on, the Cubs. Do they trade Kyle Schwarber? Is this the offseason they do it? Uh, they they obviously could need a starter if you know Arietta doesn't return. If they're unable to sign any of those other top tier guys, uh, I could see them moving him for a pitcher. They definitely have the numbers uh, in their outfield. They have a lot of moving pieces. Um, that it could this could be the offseason that it happens. He had a pretty good second half, and as we know, we saw it again in the playoffs. Uh, Schrober is much better off uh, in the American League, at least where he can be a part-time DH. Uh, I think this could be the off-season it happens.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be. I think I mean another full year of him playing the outfield might just expose that he's a pretty flawed player. Yeah, I mean I, I think he's going to hit way better than he did this year you know, over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Two eleven batting average, three fifty. 315 on base percentage but he finished with 30 home runs. Yeah. Like you said a very good second half. I think yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world for the Cubs to to trade him for, you know, a a, a number 2 starter maybe. Maybe they could get that out of him. Um he's got a lot of cost control. Mm-hmm. They have the the outfield talent to you know to survive that kind of trade. They have the offensive talent to survive that kind of trade and they're going to need starting pitching. Yeah. Uh,
2: two guys in their, going into what will be their final year of team control. Andrew McCutcheon with the Pirates. Josh Donaldson with the Blue Jays. Uh, I, the Blue Jays are a really interesting team to me. I think they're a team that could decide to maybe blow things up. And if they wanted to, Donaldson would be an awesome piece to do that with. Um, McCutcheon kind of had an up-and-down year overall. But uh, I think kind of a, if you look at the year on the whole, kind of a strong bounce-back year for him. Um, I could see either of those guys being traded, but also I could see why at least the Blue Jays would be resistant to trade Donaldson.
1: Yeah, I think the Blue Jays are in a weird spot where they have some talent, but you look in their own division, are they going to be as good as the Red Sox or Yankees even if they spend a bunch of money this offseason? I don't know, maybe they get kind of close, but I don't think they're really in a position to do that. Um, They do have some nice prospects. I think it wouldn't be a a bad time to kind of execute a rolling rebuild um, mm. and get something for Donaldson this winter. I mean, he would make sense in a lot of places, but I don't know. Are you going to get a top level prospect for a guy that's about to become a free agent? Yeah, Maybe a, a dude that had that kind of second half that Donaldson did mm. um, McCutcheon. I think the pirates are probably go into rebuilding mode. It, w- it would be a rolling rebuild. I mean, they have cost controlled guys there, uh, to get excited about. I think a lot of their pitchers under underperformed this year and will be better moving forward. Um, Tyon Ty and, and Garrett Cole should be better. Um and they have some good young other other good young arms too. And then like, you know, Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco, I think we can expect much better two thousand eighteen seasons from yes. both of them. Austin Josh Meadows
2: was hurt all year in the minors. Um right. and Josh we, we Bell thought was, we were gonna see him.
1: Right, Yeah, Josh Bell will probably finish second or third in Rookie of the Year, um, sure. an exciting guy moving forward. So it, it just depends what they can get for a guy like McCutcheon. I think, you know, they tried to deal him this summer or, or last offseason there was talk that the Nationals w- had made a play before they got Adam Eaton. Um, so, I, I mean, if, if the market's there and they can get some decent prospects, I, I would believe that he's gone.
2: Uh, The Tigers are another team uh, full into a rebuild here. They traded Justin Upton. They traded Justin Verlander. Um, You know, what else is left to trade? Uh, Ian Kinsler, you know, not really a standout player at this point, but I think he's someone we could watch uh, being traded. I think the interesting name with the Tigers is Michael Fulmer. Mm -hmm. Um, Has a lot of value uh, for a rebuilding team uh and the tigers seem you know hired Rodden Garden hire which i didn't really understand uh <laughs> to be their manager but uh i guess he's going to kind of helm over this sort of rebuild movement and maybe they hire their next manager when they're ready to contend i'm really not sure what the tigers are doing uh there but you know if the if the tigers wanted to make a big deal and and get some young pieces uh, i think Fulmer would be an interesting guy to move um I think it's just at least something to watch. We heard some rumors about that uh, around the trade deadline, which is why I'm mentioning it.
1: Yeah, I I don't think you're going to get much from Kinsler. Um, you know, a, a guy, a second baseman who's going to be 36 years old next summer, and is making 11 million dollars in 2018. Uh, did hit for decent power this year, but the batting average and the on base percentage were weak. He, he he does still play like a decent second base defensively. Um, but I just I don't really see a, a team that would be like willing to give up any kind of young talent for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Fulmer, yeah, five years of cost control, um, a three point four five career ERA, won the Rookie of the Year in two thousand sixteen. I think he kind of has been pitching above his head, um, yeah. and maybe you saw some of that this past year. The the ERA was was up over uh, seventy five points. Um, the strikeout rate wasn't great. Wasn't as good as it was as a rookie, but um, I mean, yeah, if, if the Tigers are looking to rebuild, and obviously they are, um, Fulmer's probably the guy that's going to actually net you something.
2: One with the Athletics, Ryan Healy, um, guy that I think we were fans of coming into the year, but looks like the A's have committed to Matt Chapman and Matt Olsen on the corners. Uh, they'd like to have Chris Davis be a full time DH, so Healy expected to be on the block. Had 25 homers and 78 RBIs this past season, but he got there with a pretty ugly approach. You look at the strikeout-to-walk ratio, 142 to 23. So not a great approach there, but still, he's fairly young. He's going to be 26 in January, I believe, and he's under team control for several years. So he could be an interesting chip for a team that uh, maybe missed out on Mustakis or Todd Frazier or something like that. So I think he's a guy to watch as well.
1: Yeah, 302 on base percentage yeah. this past year, and, is not a third baseman. They've tried to play him there. He's just not good enough defensively. He's not really a, a good defender anywhere. But um, a young guy who's shown some really good power, um, and you can maybe hope that he develops a, a little bit better plate discipline. He wasn't, you know, that terrible plate discipline wise in the minors. But you know, sometimes that's not always a great indication. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I bet they'll trade him because there's not really. A job for him it looks like in Oakland I think Chris Davis is, is well suited for GH. he's yep. mashed the ball the last two years in Oakland
2: uh any other trade names to keep an eye on
1: I don't know um I can't, I can't think of any yeah that's I'm actually... sure there I'm sure there will be some surprises I, this I'm sure there will winter, <laughs> as there always as yeah. there always is Um,
2: so yeah, I think, uh, unless you have anything else, that'll do it at least for the hot stove preview episode. We do have, uh, our winter meetings check-in we're going to do in December. Uh, that'll be during the week, December 10th through 14th. Uh, so that'll, that'll be here really before you know it so we have that to look forward to and then we'll really pick things up after the start of the new year getting ready for spring training and fantasy drafts and all that good stuff so make sure to follow us on Twitter I'm at DJ Short Drew is at Drew Sil and we'll see you next time
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up? because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal